Hey guys, my name is Diggs and this is my new channel where I'm going to be talking and doing a weekly series with a variety of guests talking about different topics all the way from coffee to cryptocurrency. So let's get into it. So my first guest is Sam Jones. So why don't you introduce yourself for a start? Uh, my name is Sam Jones. I've spent the last six months uh, building a company called Generate. But before that, I was at Red Bull as part of the global marketing team for the last five years. Okay, cool. Okay. So what exactly were you doing for Red Bull for a start? What kind of things were you doing day to day? What was, what was keeping you going? What were you in charge of? Sure. So I went through a variety of different roles. Yeah. I started out originally actually as a student in 2010 um, and I worked part time as what's called a student brand manager. And that's all the really uh, grassroots stuff. That's the marketing around campus. That's identifying the opinion leaders, the cool kids, people yeah, yeah. who you can give product to. Exactly. Um, and also looking for events and different ways that Red Bull can get involved on campus. After three years of that, when I graduated as a student, yeah. I actually went into join Red Bull as part of the global marketing team in what's called consumer collecting, which is basically okay. student marketing. Yeah. Did that role for around 18 months before moving into a few other areas like product and brand communication and then into an advertising specialist. Yeah. And then most recently I was a global brand manager and in that position I was responsible for or working on roughly one third of the world's advertising that Red Bull does and that wow. covers all channels. So That's big. It's a lot of fun. Very big. Yeah, a lot of fun. Stressful? Um, I mean, fun kind of stress. So, yeah. I mean, that covers all media channels, which is TV, radio, print, digital, out of yeah. home, and so on. So it's a great place to really see and understand the industry and the landscape and yeah. what's moving and where the opportunities are. Okay, so within that, you kind of had, what, a, a team under you that was made up of, of how many people? So, I mean, it's quite a flat hierarchy at Red Bull. And the way that it works is you have a HQ or a central office. Yeah. And then, of course, you have all of the separate countries who run their own businesses. So Red Bull is sold in 167 countries worldwide. Wow. And we actively um, do marketing about 90 plus of those. Yeah. So the way that it works is from the HQ, we'd, we'd set the strategy and deliver the majority of the creative, the actual campaigns that go out yeah. to the markets. And then in the markets, the brand, local brand managers and the local teams would implement them. Okay, so, so a massive sort of supply chain. Exactly, exactly. Okay. So it'd be working alongside um, incredible agencies, some of the best agencies in the world who would yeah. be supporting us on building and delivering uh, the creative and the TV spots and the advertising. Yeah. And then of course working with incredibly inspirational people in the markets who would then be helping us to execute that on the ground. Okay. That's really cool. So I guess one of the other things I kind of wanted to ask you, Red Bull related, um, you must have travelled quite a lot with it. So. How many places were you sort of typically going to when you were working there, let's say in a year or something like that? Oh, great question. So I was really, really fortunate. I was very lucky. Yeah. I traveled a fair bit. Um, so I got over to the US, to Japan, to wow. all over Europe, hopping around. So I think I was really doing kind of 10 to 15 visits a year um, or different trips. Um, and I mean, it was just always incredible fun, of course, to get yeah. out, to see the people, to experience the countries yeah, and see things in action. Cool. So was that kind of, uh, you going to, because I mean, Red Bull's got all from surf, skate, to all of the crazy X Games type stuff. Um, those are kind of things that you were attending or were you 
kind of doing more sort of corporate stuff over there? Yeah, so every business trip is obviously work-related, um, but luckily so I, I worked on some really fantastic projects, so yeah. things like Ripple Cliff Diving, where we have uh, some of the world's best cliff jumpers, basically, or high divers, jumping from 27 metres high. Um, visited those events uh, with um, things like Ripple Air Race, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, where we have 14 of the world's best pilots flying at 200 miles an hour, 10 metres above the ground. That's crazy. Um, around a course of inflatable pylons. Of course, travelling around, seeing some of those events, speaking to the teams, asking about the campaigns, yeah. what went well, what went wrong, what do we need yeah. to optimise for next year. So it was a mixture of um, work That's and pleasure. Pretty crazy. That is pretty crazy. So within that, I guess it's kind of the case of if you can tell it or not, you must have some pretty good stories. But <laughs> the ones that you probably can share, that um, you can say. Yeah, I mean, well, there's so many incredible experiences. I think um, one which is quite funny uh, would be I went to the Formula One after party after the British Grand Prix yeah. a few years ago. And it was when um, Vettel came first and Weber came second. So what happened was all of the celebrities were coming to the Red Bull yeah. party. That was the place to be. And I'll never forget, I went to the toilets and I just went to the urinal, like all gents would know. And I was standing there and on my left hand side was Sebastian Vettel and on my right hand side was Hugh Grant. And I was standing really? between these guys and I thought, God, what a bizarre situation to be in. That's crazy. Did you say anything to either of them? I wish I did. I wish I had a witty line, but no, nothing great there. That's actually mental. That's a pretty crazy story to be fair. So. Kind of following on from that, you then, what, you kind of decided to leave Red Bull and go out on your own with Generate? Exactly. So basically, um, what I found was in this position at Red Bull, I was able to have this overview of the landscape. Yeah. So I could see what are the issues in advertising, what are the opportunities in advertising. And what I recognised was that as of about three or four years ago, there was an yeah. obvious trend, which everybody knows about. And that's that brands and agencies were taking money away from traditional media like TV mm -hmm. and they were heavily investing online. And as a result yeah. of this though, that meant that they were spending more and more money on showing people ads on, on computers, yeah. whether that's via Facebook or display banners, etc. But ultimately, from a consumer perspective, it felt like people were sick of this. And you could see that through the steady rise in ad yeah. blocking to the extent that right now, 650 million people around the world are blocking ads. Really? So I thought, this seems really, really strange. There's this sense that brands and, and companies want to show more advertising, but consumers are fed up with it. So I founded Generate to try and solve this. So very okay. simply, we want to change how online advertising works because okay. we recognize that people are fed up with it. So with Generate, we give people an incentive to see advertising. Yeah. We empower them to take control of the ads that they see and take control of their data. So very simply, we're a plugin, a browser extension, which yeah. you can install in two clicks. And as soon as you put us on your browser, you redeem money for every ad that you see. So the average user makes between 25 to 50 pounds per month. That's pretty cool. That's pretty crazy as well. That's different. Yeah, I like that. it's really exciting. Yeah, so no. we'll be launching in August as a soft launch and then a full rollout late September. Cool. Well, everyone look out for Generate, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, so with obviously kind of the depth of knowledge you have in that kind of marketing ad space, what would you kind of say, because I mean, it is a pretty saturated industry right now, but there's a lot of young companies that come up and start an industry or an agency of that kind of spectrum. So. What would you say kind of separates the good from the bad within that? 
from the agency side or from the individual employee side? So someone looking to get in or how do I select an agency to work with? So from the companies that are actually up and running and yeah. all competing to get business and things like that, what would you say they can do to kind of make themselves stand out from stand out from the crowd in a way, I guess? Yeah, really good question. So, I mean, I think ultimately, once someone has a bit of track record or a company has a track record, that really helps. Yeah. Because of course, as when you're working on behalf of a brand, the first thing that you want to understand is what are the results that they've given previous clients and yeah. can they replicate that for me? Before you have your first kind of case studies on board, I think that's a tricky starting point. Mm -hmm. And what's most important there, or what I always look for, yeah. is A, what's the ambition that this individual or company or agency have? And B, are they doing things differently or better than other people? Yeah. So ultimately, as a brand manager, your job is quite simple. It's to recognize where your audience is spending their attention mm -hmm. and to understand the pricing of that attention. So where is it overpriced and where is it underpriced? For example, TV ads are very expensive. If no one's watching them, you don't want to buy them. Take them away and then put it somewhere else. Exactly, and then heavily invest in the areas where the attention is undervalued. So what I'm interested in from an agency perspective, um, and it differs whether they're a media agency or a creative agency, yeah. but ultimately, where are you telling me, where do you believe that my audience's attention is and what is it that you're doing to capture their attention? Yeah. Um, and that's the narrative that they really need to sell to, to the client in order to win them on board. Okay, yeah, because I feel like there's so many different buzzwords that are always thrown around within that kind of industry that so much of it seems quite fluffy, whereas it's quite hard to actually cut down to the core of it. So it's difficult when you go for a meeting with someone and they say, we can do this, we can do that. But there's no sort of there's no deliverable they can actually show you. It's all very much just up in the air. It doesn't actually exist. So I guess it's kind of what what have you found are sort of maybe let's say three or five of the biggest sort of recurring themes and issues within marketing and aid, dealing with agencies and people like that. Um, it's a really interesting question. So. I completely, totally fine. I completely agree with you in the sense that there's so many buzzwords and there's so many people out there trying to mystify what marketing is and they're throwing around CPM, CRM, DSP, yeah. SSP, all these acronyms to almost try and confuse the client. Yeah. Ultimately, the only thing that matters at the end of the day is what are they showing to the consumer, where are they showing it to them, and is it strong enough or emotional or powerful enough to make that consumer buy into the message, be yeah. it purchase a ticket, purchase a product, or do the action that they want them to complete. So ultimately, I always try to, just like you said, cut through all of the fluff and really understand yeah. what are we doing and is it strong, is it powerful, is it emotional? So that's the very first thing. And then the second point, um, when it comes to kind of following up from that question with what's wrong with agencies or wrong with the industry, I think there's an enormous, um, there's a type of self-indulgence that we have yeah. in marketing and advertising. And you can see that very simply by looking back at Cannes Lion. So Cannes being the world's largest advertising festival. Mm -hmm. If we look to last year at the campaigns which won the most awards, yeah. one of the campaigns which I think was uh, actually the most awarded was Fearless Girl. And that's that statue of the bronze girl standing on the front of the bull on Wall Street. I'm sure you remember that powerful yeah. pose. Fantastic campaign, everybody loved it. McCann, who were the agency responsible for it, they were lauded, they won award after award. Everyone was screaming, this is fantastic, this yeah. is great. But the question I have is, does anybody remember the name of the company 
who paid for that campaign to take place. That's part of the problem. Uh, so this, there's this sense that the campaign which is winning all of the awards yeah. actually did nothing to drive the bottom line of the business. So yeah. for me, a successful agency or a successful campaign it doesn't have to be flashy, doesn't have to be big, doesn't have to be sexy. They have to deliver results. And I don't mind the mechanism that they use for doing that as long as it's efficient and effective. Cool. I really like that. I do actually really like that. So I guess I'll try and round it up. So if you had to say another one to put you on the spot, so I'm sorry. Your three golden rules to you personally about anything to do with work. So what drives you, what motivates you, what do you always hold closest to your heart when you do something? So I would say from, it depends what hat you're wearing obviously and, mm -hmm. and, and what exactly you're trying to do, but from a marketing or advertising side, the golden rule is always put yourself in the shoes of the consumer. Mm -hmm. So forget about all of the jargon that we spoke about and really think, is this powerful enough to make me click on it or make me want to find out more or make me want to do something. Yeah. Um, on a personal side, I would say the one attribute that's really got me the furthest is just having determination. So I think it's very popular for people to say, be passionate, always have passion in what you do. And that's completely true, it's absolutely great. Yeah. But the trouble with passion is if you have a few strong obstacles, if you get knocked down a couple of times, passion tends to fade away. It's determination that will really drive you through it. So I think if you can be determined in everything that you do, whether that's looking for jobs, whilst you're working at a job, starting a business, doing something new, then I think determination really carries you. Okay, that's cool. So finishing off, we'll round it up, one last thing. If you had to, if you had to kind of almost sell or inform everyone about Generate, 60 seconds, how would you sell it? What would you say? Okay, so sounding to the camera. Um, very simply, Generate empowers people. Mm -hmm. It gives them control yeah. um, over their data and over their advertising. Sure. So if we think back to this Facebook scandal, where just two weeks ago, Mark Zuckerberg was pulled in front of Congress and he was asked questions about what they're doing with their data. Generate, we act on behalf of the consumer. You install us, you tell us what you're interested in, we store your data safely and we reward you um, for every ad you see. So I think it's a movement that we're trying to start. We're doing things very differently. We're very disruptive. And I'd encourage people to try it out, give it a go, and let us know your feedback. That's perfect. So website, where can they find Generate? So www.generateads.com, and that's G-E-N-E-R-8, the number. Um, website will be up end of next week. Perfect. Soft launch in August, and then cool. um, flying from there. Look forward to it. So that's all we've got time for today. So thank you very much to Sam for coming by and to everyone else watching this wherever you are. So yeah, thank you very much. Cool, cheers. cheers.